Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm watching this TV show. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sitting in bed, and my wife comes up to bed after I go to bed, and she's getting ready for bed, and she hears something on the TV, Mm -hmm. and she goes, oh, my gosh, that sounds like Brian. And then she turns around, she sees, it was you. I was up there watching a little inside college oh, football. I couldn't get enough of you. There you go. I couldn't get enough of you. I'm into you. <laughs> Got my claws all into you, man. And then she goes, oh, my God, it is Brian. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's on TV, too. You didn't know that? I'm like Tina Thompson. I'm all into you, Dave. Is it Tina or Trina? Tip- what is, what is her name? What, Tiffany you're talking Tiffany, about? Yeah, Tiffany, her, too. Tiffany I know there's a T in there. A couple yeah. of T's. I'm all into you, dude. Yeah, I man. can't. I, I can't let you go. You can't leave. This is all right. Even when you leave work, you can't leave me. No, I know. There's, there's yeah. a sense of pride when I see you out oh, there. Wow, I'm rooting for you to have a better point than Aaron Taylor and Rick Neuheisel and Randy <laughs> Cross. I'm like, oh yeah, Randy. We'll wait till Brian chimes in on this yeah, one. Unfortunately, Randy got to sit on the the throne last night because he went four and two in his picks, and everyone else went three and three, and uh, disputed that. But I was. Shown that I was wrong, so it was all good. Yeah. I'm glad you tuned in. Speaking of picks, this is the rubber match year for picks with us. You won decisively year one. I won decisively year two. And this is it. This is going to be a big one. Who oh. wins year three oh, in the cool. picks? We'll start that on Friday. But big news in the NFL. The Speaking of Tina Thompson. That's right. Speaking... The WNBA. Yeah, well. <laughs> Trina, so... man. Trina. Trina, Tina, Tiffany, Trish, whatever. She deranged. It's Tiffany. Yeah. Uh, So uh, the appeal was heard by Harold Henderson on the Ezekiel Elliott suspension. Uh, There was some sort of deadline that was there that the NFL said, if the decision is made here, Ezekiel Elliott can play in the first game. If it's made uh, before that, he can't. Uh, But the decision was made that the six-game suspension was upheld. However, because of what time the decision came down, he is allowed to play week one against the Giants. And there's a lot of legal stuff still to come, Mm -hmm. and that's why in less than an hour, our CBS Sports legal analyst and legal correspondent, Amy Dash, is going to join us to get in the weeds with that stuff so we fully understand it. But... There is now a temporary restraining order that the Ezekiel Elliott side has filed. They already filed it last Friday. I guess they're going to try to find out by this Friday. Hearing is this Friday. That if he's going to be able to play, and then we have the legal battle that's going to be similar to the Tom Brady case. So what the judge has to decide in this temporary restraining order, as I try to break it down into layman's terms, is whether or not this investigation and what the NFL did during this investigation was fair or not, which is going to be a tough thing 
to prove. So it's going to go one of two ways. We know for a fact that Ezekiel Elliott is going to play week one against the New York Giants. Yes. What we don't know yet is will he be playing more games after that because this temporary restraining order, you're going to see it in stories as TRO. Uh, if, if that is granted, he's going to play in more games until that's figured out. And if it's not, then he's going to have to serve six games after that Giants game. Those are the facts right now. And it still drives me nuts that we're in this situation because the man should not be suspended at all. I'm going back to law school. Back to law school as if I went previously. Uh, Yeah, this is a lot of legal mumbo-jumbo, and I'm glad Amy's going to join us to sift through this. But you're correct. A temporary restraining order was filed by the NFLPA. They'll go to court to see if that's upheld. You get this injunction. And then Ezekiel Elliott is free to play uh, as long as this thing is in court and has not been settled. Uh, so uh, it was interesting to hear the comments of the NFL, though. They knew the timeline. They knew when they had to make this announcement, whether it was upheld or not. Harold Henderson, longtime employee of the NFL, he knows uh, how these things work. And yet uh, it seems as though it, it's, it's smacked a little bit of the NCAA when they were handing down penalties against Ohio State and Tattoo Gate, where they had all this information prior to the Sugar Bowl that year. You had Ohio State about to play Arkansas. They didn't want to get in the way of the sponsors and everyone that bought tickets and not have all these top-notch players from Ohio State not participate in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, So they decided to defer their sanctions until the next season uh, because got to break in that cash. And it seems the same thing here because I heard an explanation that didn't want to do a disservice to the New York Giants. You got a big marquee game first weekend of the NFL season. And and so we need Zeke on that field. We don't want to have the Giants to have a competitive advantage. That's what it smelled like to me when I initially heard the comments coming from uh, the league. Uh, Really, if the guy's guilty, it shouldn't matter what game is on the docket, no right. pun intended, if he's guilty of this and, and you're going to uphold the suspension, uphold it right now. Prior to this deadline, you needed to meet for him not to be able to play. Yeah, there's a couple of theories out there and reasons I've heard for why Ezekiel Elliott is playing week one, and none of them make sense to me. Uh, you want to tell me that Ezekiel Elliott playing week one was a decision the NFL made just to get extra eyeballs on the TV for it's the last sun- time you're going to see him. For Sunday night football. Yeah. I mean, if they're really doing that, then they're more disgusting right. than I ever thought that they were. But I guess I wouldn't put it past them. If you want to tell me that they felt like this was giving the Cowboys something so that and, – and Zeke, the Zeke people something, his lawyers, so that they don't turn around and continue this stuff in the courts as if this was some sort of gift – That doesn't make sense to me either because he still has to serve six games. And now if you do the timeline and look at the schedule, he wouldn't be playing against the Redskins and he would be playing against the Giants. So it's still a division game. You think Mm -hmm. the Giants might be a little bit better than the Redskins. But, I mean, it's close to a wash. And Green Bay's in there as well, I believe. So that's another huge ball game he would miss if this thing uh, is upheld. So – and this whole conspiracy that uh, the Elliott legal team is leaning on, they're, they're lobbying, or they've uh, levied this charge that uh, the NFL was has conspired to, to keep this guy off the field. Well, we know uh, the alleged victim in this deal has definitely conspired 
there's a conspiracy on her part to damage Ezekiel Elliott, and I don't know why that hasn't been at the heart of the case as far as the NFL is concerned. Now, to say that the NFL is part of the conspiracy as well, they now have to have Ms. Kia Roberts, who was the lead investigator, only investigator from the NFL side, to talk uh, to this uh, the, the, the alleged victim. Uh, I, I think she's going to have to give more testimony as well to, to help Elliot's case. Yeah, and she recommended no suspension. Yeah. So one of the special people that were brought in to help with these cases because Roger Goodell was not capable of doing it correctly uh, said that there should be no suspension, recommended that there was no suspension for Ezekiel Elliott. And of course, it ends up being six games. And the NFL side responded to that saying, well, it says in the policy it's not the decision for the investigator to make. It's the decision for the commissioner to make. Well, but apparently, according to the Ezekiel Elliott side, they didn't even put that in the report that they gave to the commissioner, so the commissioner couldn't even see that she recommended no suspension, and that was part of his decision-making process. Yeah, what information does he use to arrive <sighs> at a decision? What do you use? Are you going by hearsay? Do you, you compile all this information from said investigator and this person over here and this person over there, then you read through all that and you arrive and a final decision. So, what's the process? I, I'm not. I'm not sure anyone at this point has a good grasp of what processes they use there. If you're not going to adhere, not just, well, you don't have to adhere. But if you're not going to sit there and, and allow the testimony or the report of your investigator, the only person to talk to the alleged victim, if you're not going to allow that. It's part part of your deliberation. What's the what's the purpose? And then you did you acknowledge that there's some credibility issues with the accuser. So you acknowledge that, but yet Kia Roberts' testimony, her investigation, her notes from sitting there face to face with this accuser, that's not valid. No credibility there. I'll tell you what the process is, is the NFL and Roger Goodell saw this as an opportunity to make good on the mistakes they've made in the past. It is a repeat of the Tom Brady Patriots situation where Roger Goodell received a ton of criticism from others, peers and fans and whomever else that said that he went light on the New England Patriots during Spygate. Then the deflated football situation came around, and he said, now I can slam these guys, and now I have my opportunity because of the personal conduct policy. I can do what I want with this. And they dropped the ball with Ray Rice. It was an embarrassment for them. He went and he hid, and then he finally did an interview, and it was just a mess, and the video was everywhere, and people are still talking about it. Josh Brown last year, same thing. Uh, You say you're tough on domestic violence, but you're not tough on domestic violence. This comes around as opposed to looking at it in a vacuum like you should be doing and saying, well, maybe there isn't something here. The NFL said we would rather be wrong the other way this time. We got some pictures. She said he did it. Fine with me. Now you can't tell us we're not tough on domestic violence this time around. This is what it's about. That's their process. They don't care about anything else, and they're going to get away with it again, which is the thing that drives me up a wall with this, whether it's six games after week one or six games next year because Ezekiel Elliott's fighting it and you're spitting in the face of the big man there in the NFL offices. He will make him serve this suspension at some point, and we're going to have to either see it this year 
year or next year like the Brady thing played and, out. And until you have a new CBA in place, it, you're going to continue to have situations like this where he's judge, jury, and executioner, and it's his right under the conduct policy or under the CBA to implement this conduct policy any way he sees fit. He doesn't have to listen to this investigator or that investigator. He can set policy and and, and levy fines and, and penalties against players and suspensions as he sees fit. That's it. End of story. And it's amazing that the players uh, sign off on this deal. It's amazing. That's why they're going to have to really do something uh, just – they're going to have to sit. It's simple as that. They're going to have to sit when this comes up again, and some have already said that they're preparing to uh, to sit out. That's the only way they're going to get this thing changed. But this makes no sense. You've got investigators you've employed, but yet you don't listen to what they have to say. You don't focus on the information they've compiled. You cherry pick, as the Elliott's camp has asserted here. And, and, and uh, it's amazing that that carries no weight. I sat in front of the accused. I'm the only one of your investigators that did that. She has credibility issues. The DA in Columbus has said that. You've even acknowledged that she has credibility uh, issues, and yet you suspend this man for, for six games. You can't prove that he is the reason he caused the bruises on her. That We know there was an altercation outside of a party, if you will. You, you know uh, he was followed to another party. It wasn't allowed in. You know all these things. Now we got Lucky Whitehead all involved in this. You know what was going on here, yet you still so fit to hand out a six-game suspension. Wow. Does it happen anywhere else? I mean, the fact that we're sitting through this again after we went through the Tom Brady thing, where the league is chasing down and trying to punish its star players when there isn't enough evidence there to do so or the punishment doesn't fit the crime like with the Brady case, it's insane. I mean, this yeah. is like the equivalent of, of Roger Goodell running around and trying to suspend LeBron James for something, using too much uh, chalk on his hands, or uh, him trying to chase down Giannis Antetokounmpo because of some story that he heard. I mean, this this stuff just doesn't happen anywhere else. And and I, I have mixed feelings on the fighting of this from the Ezekiel Elliott side because we know how it's going to end up. Right, so basically you're making a decision. Well, we'll see what happens with this temporary restraining order because they might not be able to make a decision at this point. But there's a temporary restraining order there. They're going to continue to fight this thing. But as we've seen with the, the precedent that's been set, it's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. So you have to say, do I want to sit out the six games this year or would I rather do it next year? Because eventually... No matter how many courts and how many judges, and I've seen so many names already. There's one guy, oh, the appeals, uh, the the uh, temporary restraining order judge's name is a great one. I'll get it there in a second. But we're going through all this stuff again <laughs> with these people, and it's just, we're talking about football. You'll never say we're soft on crime again. Or what, and like, Even if there wasn't a crime. We can't prove there was a crime. Legally, it has not been proved there was a crime, but... We are not going to be soft. We're Can't be overreach. embarrassed again. We're That's gonna what be it's over, about. We're going to overreach just like we did in Deflategate. Overreach. What a waste of time. Only people that wanted that deal were the lawyers. Great for you. Got paid a ton of money. Good for you. But that's it. Yeah, so uh, the, the judge I was talking about in Sherman, Texas, mm-hmm. Judge Amos Mazant III, he is the man. Amos. He is the man. Come on. Who is going to have a major impact on all of your fantasy football seasons. 
If you took a risk on Ezekiel Elliott, Amos Mazant the third is the guy. <laughs> oh man, it really it's it's and and the thing that scares me, I think, about this the most is that this is the second time in what three years because the Deflategate thing took what a uh, couple years. Second time in three years that we have one of these. You know it's going to happen again. It'll probably happen multiple times until this is negotiated. And then where does the NFL Players Association put this on their list of things that needs to get changed? Because there's a whole bunch of stuff that they're right about that they haven't been able to get changed. Are they going to go after the franchise and transition tags first? Are they going to go after guaranteed money first before the personal? Where is that going to end up? Because it might, because Goodell seems to really like to have this power. Mm. He really seems to enjoy this. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you love to have that power and get paid $40 million a year? I guess, but I, I would try to do it more prudently. I would hope. I would hope. But it's just their their intentions are what makes my stomach turn. It's not they don't look at these things saying we need to do the right thing. They look at these things. How is this going to make us look? Yeah, it's a PR perspective instead of right or wrong. All right, lines are open. Right? No, no. <laughs> and I was actually, you know what? I was texting a friend last night about how angry I was about this. He was texting me about it. I'm like, this legit makes me angry. <laughs> like, it really. It's why we shouldn't have to be dealing with this again. The courts and appeals courts and temporary restraining orders and guys are usually reporting on ACL standing out of courtrooms. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and in courts, in my opinion, shouldn't even be involved in, in what a professional sports league ends up doing. And that's how ridiculous this has gotten. They have to get involved that's because the, it's a gross overuse of power. Well, it's the only recourse that the players and the union have at this point because they signed off on this deal. They gave and entrusted too much power to the league office, to the commissioner. And he can do as he sees fit as far as how he implements or administers policy, the conduct policy. It's up to him how he reads it. And it's within his right to do it because they have given him that right. Yeah, well, he also took it because I think that the way that they negotiated that last CBA – they, he, they just they just fleece the players. And there's been guys off the record that have been in studio with us who have agreed with us on that, that have said, you know what, I was playing when that happened, and that was a bunch of bull crap. Mm-hmm. We got crushed. And and the players that were a part of that negotiated, you know, they were only concerned about, you know, training camp, and, and, and that that's the one thing they got in the last CBA was not as much training camp practice because the guys who were negotiating were veterans who didn't want to practice anymore. <laughs> I mean, that is, and all the other important stuff which is, went by the wayside. It's just interesting to me because your coach, if you, you're a guy that's been there a long, long time, your coach is going to throw you a bone. You don't have to worry about that. You don't need to negotiate practice time. Uh-huh. Oh, that's ridiculous. Lines are open. Your thoughts on what's happening with Ezekiel Elliott. 855-212-4CBS. 855 Amy Dash in 40 minutes, our CBS legal analyst, to break all of it down. Justin Tuck is going to join us, former New York Giant who won a couple of Super Bowls with them, also played uh, with the Raiders. He's going to be in studio with us coming up in an hour and 20 minutes. DraftKings. He's a DraftKings. And Mike McIntyre is going to join us, Colorado head football coach. So we've got a jam-packed show. Want to hear from you next at 855 212 
for CBS. Talk to Gio and Jones now. 855-212-4CBS. Yeah, it was a strange moment last night. It was I, strange. Was, I was drawn to you on television. <laughs> I had to watch the whole show. You just wanted to see if my soul glow was working. <laughs> <laughs> no, I already knew it was. I'd seen you earlier in the day. Yeah. Oh, man. Did you hear our word of the day? Doty? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I was, did see the five words or less, which did not go over very well. Everybody, the, that five words oh, or yeah, less thing. Oh, yeah. Do you talk before you think or think before you talk? Yeah, it was very strange. And that whole thing. You th- you thought it was strange? Yeah, it was yeah, it was odd. Did yeah, it look like anybody prepared for that? You don't prepare for it. You don't know what it's, it's oh. going to be. Yeah, it didn't it's work just, out. It's it's cold call right there, man. Boom, they drop it on you. And, and it's funny you mentioned that because producer Tim Weinkoff said in our ear the same thing. He said, "My nightmare is over." <laughs> Sometimes the segments don't go so well, but that's TV. You just roll with it, right? Yeah, it's radio too, as yeah, we well know. It's, it's radio that's as right. well. But uh, I thought I did all right. Five words or less. I said I dig thinking. Yeah. Some of the other ones, no. <laughs> but it was that's less than five words, though. Five words. Oh, less, I guess, yeah. Five See, words or less, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Thought it had there to be five go. words. Yep. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Not, yep. You got to get rid of that. You got to do something else. No, no, no. I like the five words or less. <laughs> it was just a bad one last night. Well, I, it wasn't bad. It just, I was better than them. That's why you didn't like it. Eight five five two one two four cbs The games are too important. The intensity could <laughs> oh, make wow. one quiver. We got a song this week. Yep, Rick's back at it. Are you a picking part of the, it? Picking the guitar. Uh, not in a huge way. You know, we're the background. We're the pips. That's right. Yeah, the dudes. You just stand there and pretend you're interested. Ad- Adam and I are going to be the pips. Yeah. Rivalries. Yeah. Rivalries. <laughs> if you lose your So maybe now you guys realize the pips were dudes. Yeah, yeah I that thought was. that they were women the yeah, whole time. I, I cannot the whole time. I, can, I still kind of do. Yeah. In my mind, they are. Pips, Whatever I think they are pips, is what they are to me, right? It doesn't sound female-ish. I just I feel like in that time, there was a lot of female background True. singers. okay. That's yeah. what it was. Gladys Knight and the Pips. Hmm. Yeah. Wait, is your argument that Pips sounds masculine? Yeah. Pips. No. <laughs> no, man. Pips. No. Pips. The Pips. Cl- pips. Yeah. Pips. No. pips. Pimps, yeah, you're throwing like M in there, yeah. Right, it's a little different. Ah! All right, before we get to Bogus, uh, Bill is joining us from New York. It's a big place. Bill, what's going on, man? You're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good, Bill. What do you got for us? All right. Well, I think, uh, you know, Goodell is very smart, and he's trying to protect the brand, the NFL brand. And I think this is, you know, the way it's being talked about is a perfect distraction to take people's uh, – people's, uh, you know, mind off of, you know, the big thing that the NFL's afraid of, and that's the uh, the head injury issue. And I think he knows he has to keep this permeating until the regular season starts. And then once the season starts, everything will kind of go, you know, its own way, and people, you know, be off uh, anyways. Yeah, it's a stretch for me, Bill, because just because this is going on doesn't make me forget that slamming your head into things violently is going right. to hurt your brain. I don't, I mean... And that's also not giving credit to the consumers of the NFL. Are they that stupid that all you have to do is wave a suspension in front of their face and they forget that football is violent? I think that was a horrible take, quite frankly, and one that was very ignorant. I agree. I don't think this has anything to do with the uh, concussion uh, suit or settlement. And uh, this is just an overreach, once again, by the league office. If you're not going to take in all the information and then – 
give a, a, a hand down a penalty or don't hand down one once you have uh, sifted through all that information. I, I think this is more of just trying to re- recover from a PR hit, a huge PR hit yep. they took a couple of years ago. They overreached in Deflategate. That went on way too long. All you needed to do was, hey, man, don't do this again. If we get you doing it again now, we'll, we'll lower the boom on you. But uh, that was ridiculous. And if you've got your investigator, someone you've employed to investigate things, and they come back and say, I'm the only one that talked to this young lady. The DA in Columbus said she wasn't credible. I'm saying she's not credible. You've even acknowledged that there are some holes in her story. So why are you suspending this young man six games? Makes no sense. Andrew Bogus is here with a sports update. I would for suspend us. him. He was messing with his Apple Watch this entire oh, segment. You so I don't know what the hell he's doing over there. Stealing signs you just cheater. in case you're yeah. out one time soon. <laughs> and I want to be a better host. Uh, this report is brought to you by Ring Central, the global leader in cloud communication and collaboration solutions. For a free trial, visit ringcentral.com. So now we wait. Arbitrator Harold Henderson rubber-stamped Ezekiel Elliott's six-game suspension yesterday, but the Cowboy running back will play Sunday night's season opener against the Giants. The league made that concession as a hearing began in U.S. District Court in Texas late yesterday afternoon. The judge there will rule on the PA's request for an injunction for Henderson's decision by the end of the day Friday. Cheaters never prosper, except the Red Sox last night against the Blue Jays. Here's the pitch to Hanley. Swings and he drives it to center field. It's a up the end of the bat. A base hit. Here comes Mookie around third. He scores! The Red Sox win it! They walk it off in 19! Tim Neverett getting control of the call just in time on Red Sox Radio. 19 innings is one shy. The Fenway record 3-2 the win for Boston at 1-11 a.m. Eastern. All of this hours after the New York Times reported the Sox were caught stealing signs using an Apple Watch in their dugout. The Yankees filed the initial complaint after a series in Beantown last month. It's not clear what punishment, if any, is coming. Those Yankees taking oh, gosh. a 7-6 loss in Baltimore despite leading 6-1. 6-1. Five-run yeah. differential. Manny Machado, anything, with a two-run shot off Dellen Batances. And I wonder if CeCe Sabathia is happy because he was upset at Eduardo Nunez bunts in the first inning when Boston was here in New York, and he's highly upset about that. Then they knocked three home runs on his ass last night. I'm sure he was ecstatic about that. Cleveland's winning streak is 13 after a 9-4 win at the White Sox. The Angels control the second AL wildcard this morning after an 8-7 win in Tannen, in Oakland, and the Twins' 2-1 loss in Tampa Bay. And Justin Verlander allowed just one run over six in his Astros debut, a 3-1 win in Seattle. Same final in 10 at Dodger Stadium. The Diamondbacks over the Dodgers, 12 straight wins for Arizona, five straight losses for L.A. The Cardinals got an 8-4 win in San Diego. The Rockies beat the Giants 9-6. The Reds topped the Brewers 9-3. The Cubs losing in Pittsburgh 4-3. The Nats were 2-1 winners in Miami. Steven Strasburg pitched six shutout innings, but no more because... My glutes are shutting off. <laughs> actually, he left with cramps in his left leg. Manager Dusty Baker. He threw the ball great, and uh, it just came up again. And uh, I don't know what to make of it because our trainers are working on it. He's taken anti 
cramping medicine and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know what to make Whoa, of it. Rub it right yeah, off. Right yeah, on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like cramping medicine. <laughs> Never heard of that. Somebody head over to the CVS and grab a man some mine. <laughs> okay. I love old school baseball guys, right? You know, like, I don't know why this is happening. Stretching him out, giving him stuff, and pouring Gatorade right on his quad. Nothing, <laughs> yeah, nothing where, happened. Where's the pickle juice? Like, you would have the trainer spit in the dirt next to him, and then take that dirt and rub it on him. I don't know what the hell's going on here. Uh, and U.S. men's soccer avoiding a near fatal blow in World Cup qualifying yesterday, one-one draw in Honduras on Bobby Woods' goal in the 85th minute. The Americans are fourth in the standings, one behind Panama, whom they host in Orlando next month. The top three nations automatically qualify for Russia next summer. Boys? All right, Bogus, thanks. We got a tweet saying, I can't believe you guys are subscribing to a conspiracy. Um, she's a terrible person. Yep. He abused her. Yep. Suspension. Yep. So, and then made like the thinking phases from Bernie Kish. Well, right now, there's more information out there that I have seen. And I am pretty confident in saying that we've seen just about everything that's been put out there in this case that says that there have been people in the NFL office that were conspiring to make what the evidence was in this Ezekiel Elliott case look worse than what it was. Yes. So I think that there's more evidence that points to a conspiracy right now than there is that he abused her. And and how does that tweeter, uh, how does he know he, he caused the injuries? How does he know that? That's the the lead point. doesn't even know that. We That's the whole point that we've been talking about now for months with this, yeah. is that we don't know, but there's not enough evidence there saying that there was and there shouldn't be a six-game suspension. Yes. That is the point. The point is not trying to figure out exactly what the truth was at this point because I don't think even after 13 months of an investigation, anybody knows but the two people involved. Right. The point is, though, after the investigation, you look at what you got, and you got to make a decision on whether or not it's a suspendable offense. And in our opinion, and most people who have seen this evidence, including the person who did the damn investigation, said that there shouldn't be the a DA suspension. that is tasked with these type of issues all the time during Columbus couldn't come to a conclusion that he was the cause of the injuries. So how does this t- Twitter dude know? Bernie Kish. Bernie. How do you know Big he caused the the injuries? The NFL can't even conclusively say he caused injuries. We speculate because of the timeline that he did. Really? Also, at Fantasy Money Man, Matt said uh, to us, if you're a cowboy, you're guilty. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Lines remain open at 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. We got well, some Ray Lewis audio coming up, Brian. Oh, yeah. a, a boy. That's right. Yeah. You were going to say something there? No, no, no. That's okay. That's cool. Right. Yeah. That, you, you, that supersedes anything that I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, Ray Lewis. You going to preach to her? Yeah, I, is this just be- Wait, first of all, is this just between us and Ray? No, he did no, this on... man to man? He did this on my favorite oh, network oh, on, on Showtime. Oh, okay. This is yep. not... It's so this happening. is for everyone. It wasn't he, he didn't preface it with right. I'm gonna speak to you man to man. Men and inspiring them to yeah. to go on and do things. Mm-hmm. All this right. this Ray Lewis sound we're gonna hear coming up next led to an intense discussion between you mm-hmm. and the big star in the building. Yeah. It happened this morning. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot to talk about next. Follow us on Twitter at Geo and Jones.
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Ray Lewis is a guy that is very outspoken. He's not one of my favorite people in sports. I believe the man is a massive phony. Uh, He was on Showtime last night inside the NFL, a show that Boomer Esiason is also on. Boomer Esiason is a guy who hosts a morning show in New York called Boomer and Carton, and he is here in the morning with us, and he was talking about this episode and what Ray Lewis had to say with Brian Jones before the show this morning, and we will uh, recap that discussion in a second. (laughs) It was colorful. It was. Uh, But first, let's listen to what Ray had to say. So Ray Lewis on Inside the NFL said he wanted Colin Kaepernick to be a Raven. I can disagree with how he did it. That should be perfectly fine. But then his girl goes out and puts out this racist gesture and doesn't know. To be clear, whose girl, whose lady? Colin Kaepernick. Mm -hmm. That she doesn't know. We're in the back office about to about to try to get this guy to sign. Steve Bashadi has said himself, how can you crucify Ray Lewis when Ray Lewis is the one calling for Colin Kaepernick? And also said that, you know, he would have been a Raven mm-hmm. if that tweet didn't go out. When they call me, it's, it's to say yes or yes. no. And you felt they were calling you to say? Steve, we were going to close the deal. To sign him. To sign him. All we wanted to hear was hear Colin Kaepernick speak. Did you ever hear hear him speak? Steve Bashadi said, I want to hear Colin Kaepernick speak to let me know that he wants to play football. And what I've been saying for the last six months. Because of that picture comes out the next day. Yeah, so then he ends up blaming on the picture and the fact that Colin Kaepernick stayed quiet. Uh, I would like to hear Colin Kaepernick's side of this. Now, the picture that was out there, if you haven't seen it, it was a side-by-side of Leonardo DiCaprio and Samuel Jackson and Django Unchained. Steven is the name of the character in Django that uh, Samuel Jackson played. And Steve Bashotti and Ray Lewis in a similar pose. And Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend is a radio DJ and activist. Does she work for Hot 97 or is it Power 105? It's one of the New York hip-hop stations that she works for. Uh, and, And that's what they're blaming it on now. Uh, was was that something that was going to want the Ravens to sign Colin Kaepernick? Probably not. But I thought that that was a response in them not wanting to sign Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. That at the time, when that came out, I thought that it was already over. I thought that it was over because the Ravens had moved on from Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. and that was her response to them. It wasn't still in limbo. And, and it just it sounds like another excuse to me. It sounds like another, don't look at us. It's their fault that he's not a Baltimore Raven. So if Colin Kaepernick comes out and says, you know what, I didn't talk to them when I should have, and that tweet ruined it, then then I'll believe it. But until then, it just sounds like another one of these the reason why Colin Kaepernick isn't signed is because of what, uh, you know, this or this or that or this or whatever. Well, I, I'm not up on the timeline uh, as far as when the tweet was sent out and when the Ravens had said, okay, no, uh, this is a no-go. Uh, so that notwithstanding, it wasn't a good idea to send out that tweet. And Steve Bashotti and Ray Lewis have a hell of a relationship. This guy uh, helped this organization win a Super Bowl I think the first Super Bowl he won, I think uh, 
Modell was still there. Art so, Modell, yeah. Art Modell was still there. And and so he helped them win a, a, a Super Bowl, the, the new owner. And they have a damn good relationship, a working relationship. And Bashadi leans on Ray Lewis uh, all the time. Uh, he values his input. Uh, so that being said, I thought it was a wrong thing to do. And we've heard before, we had David Deal here like, we, while you were off. And he mentioned also the girlfriend. I was and here. Her, were you here when, yeah. when Dill was here? Okay. And he mentioned the fact that, uh, that she was muddying the waters, uh, if you will. And so on the face of, yeah, it seems as though this is another excuse. But it doesn't help Colin Kaepernick when his girlfriend's out there assigning this label, that label to people, and she doesn't know what's going on behind the scenes and if they are they are not really trying to sign her significant other. And and I would hope they wouldn't hide behind that, but I can understand why, why they would, would be sensitive to someone when they are in a good faith effort trying to bring this guy in. You go out and you allow base us publicly like that. Mm. That would bother me as well. Sure, but I don't think it worked out that way because... Well, this, I don't know how it worked. I don't know the timeline. I know, but let me just throw this out there. Okay. You're telling me, I mean, this woman seems like a smart woman. She's successful. She's works for Hot 97. Uh, people obviously know who she is I've and, never and, heard of and, and, and listen to her, but yeah. still, I mean, she's at least got, I mean, just because you haven't doesn't mean that other right. people have True. it. She's obviously an important enough voice to deny people getting signed to certain teams. You're telling me that she would be that careless at that point when she wants Colin Kaepernick to be signed and she is voiced all the displeasure out there that he hasn't, that this team is about to sign him and Ray Lewis is on their side and she's going to send that out when they're still thinking about bringing him in? No, she probably sent it out because he got a call or they finally found out the Ravens were moving on. She sent it out. Her rationale for sending out the tweet was that she did not like Ray Lewis's take about social activism. Ray Lewis said that, that Kaepernick should set aside his social activism, and she didn't like that. And I believe that's why she sent out the tweet. Now, as far as when she sent it out and when Ray Lewis said that, were they still deliberating whether or not to bring him in? Once again, I don't know the timeline of all that, but the reason she sent it out was because she didn't like Ray Lewis telling Colin Kaepernick to table the social activism. She she, She didn't like that. That's why it was it was set. Yeah, but is that also – I can understand how they would be upset about that, the two of them. I, I really would. But I wouldn't you – if you really wanted Colin Kaepernick, would you call him up? And maybe that's what Ray Lewis was saying too, is that Colin Kaepernick didn't call them up or didn't speak on her behalf or say that, yeah, that was silly of her. I told her to, to take it down. I still want to be a part of your organization. I guess that that didn't happen. Uh, but if you really wanted Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. you'd call up C- Colin Kaepernick. You'd have a discussion about it. Right. So, I mean, there's still too many things that I don't know that have gone on. Yeah, here. there are a lot of verbals here. And I, I would agree with your last assessment. You pick up the phone, Colin, hey, this is Ray, dude. Uh, what's up with the tweet? I'm sitting here with the owner. We are a, a ways down the road with signing you and making you part of this organization. Yet we get blindsided by a tweet like this. That's unprofessional, and it's not helping your cause, and it's not helping me fight the good fight for you behind the scenes. I would have picked up the phone and said that if they were serious about bringing him in. And now, I don't know if that happened. I don't know if Colin Kaepernick ever had a serious conversation or his representative had a serious conversation with the Baltimore Ravens, but I do know uh, the tweet didn't help. Now, if she was sending that out because of the – if she – 
has said because the, the social activism topic came up and Ray Lewis said that he should table that. I understand that frustration, but still, you do that a different way. That's not helping. You're trying to get your your, your cat a job. You, you just sit quietly and let this thing play out, and once you have some finality to it and it didn't come to fruition, then you can live you know, lobby this or that or, 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 or throw bombs here and there, but you let it play out. Yeah, but, I mean, does he, is it really fair for him to be punished by a meme that she put out? Is it fair? Maybe not, but people are sensitive about this topic, and they don't want to be labeled a, a racist, and, and you have to have a, an appreciation for the relationship that Ray Lewis has with his team owner. That relationship has been there, will remain there, and he has the ear of the owner. Chill out and let it, let's see what happens. Yeah, I still am not fully convinced that the Ravens were that close to, to sign. Maybe Colin not. Kaepernick. Like I said, if they didn't pick up the phone after this tweet was out there and, and, and asked Colin, hey, what's up with this? Why are you doing this? If I'm Ray Lewis, that's the first thing I do. As soon as I see that tweet, I'm picking up the phone. Dude, I'm over fighting the the good fight for you. Right. I'm carrying the water for you. What is up with this? Tell your girl to chill out. Yeah, and, and also the whole um, he doesn't want to play football. If he doesn't want to play football, yeah, he would yeah. say that. Thank you. That that one bothered me more than that, you know, than them saying, okay, uh, you know, the tweet was the reason why we, we walked away from it. Quit ask this guy, does he want to play football? Yes, he wants to play damn football. Yeah, and you and Boomer Sison is also on inside the NFL. We're getting into it this morning because he More brought, deflecting. Right. And he also brought up the, well, the the athletes these days are making $20, 30000000 million a year. Well, I made the comparison between the, the 68 Olympics, John Carlos Tommy Smith, and, and the fist in the air. And it, the same talking points that were utilized then are being uh, used here. Uh, you, this is not the right place to do it. This is not the right venue. This is not the right arena. Well, when is it right? When is it right to stand up for, for social justice or social... Uh, Injustice. When is it right? Uh, no one can answer that. When is it right? Why do we sing the national anthem at sporting events? Because you have a, a mass, an enormous amount of people for that event, and there you can show your, your pride for your country and all that. So what does that have to do with a football game, though? So Colin Kaepernick, we didn't even know he was kneeling. No one knew he was kneeling. What was it, three, four games in? We finally find out. So how did he affect the damn game? When you didn't know he was kneeling, it didn't affect the game. But now you know he's kneeling. That's affecting the game. And he does it during the national anthem. And he's not protesting the flag. He's protesting a system of injustice. But people can't see that. And Boomer could see it. He was using the same talking points those who don't want to broach this topic in an honest and fair manner use. And they're also ones that don't understand it because, as we've said, there's not enough I thinking, critical thinking. I wonder how the other person really feels. Let me try to put myself in the other person's shoes for just a minute. Not enough of that happening. Coming up next, Amy Dash, our CBS legal correspondent on Ezekiel Elliott, Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 